This is episode 252 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're going to discover if you are a righteous eater. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method. And after a 25 year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food Show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 250 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedozier.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back, sisters. I'm going to get us started with sharing a story that happened in my practice with the Beyond the Food Method that led me to the name of this podcast and also recognizing this concept of righteous eating. Now, this client gave me a beautiful opportunity to see a pattern that I myself had experienced, but I wasn't able to name what was happening in my own stories. So part of coaching is this opportunity to see pattern in ourselves as a coach while helping others see their own pattern. Coaching is a beautiful opportunity to see ourselves in you, our client. You're coming into our life as a gift for us to grow for us to see what we're not yet ready to see about ourselves. So it's a, it's a beautiful dual relationship as we are holding the mirror for you to see yourself. We are seeing ourselves as well. It's a gift, truly a gift, but I divert. Let's go back to the story here. Um, A few years back, I was working with this amazing woman who had, after 15 years of on and off dieting, made the decision to say, hell no, no more dieting. And she was this strong, independent woman in all the aspects of her life. Like most of us, she had started with the typical low-calorie dieting in her teens and over the years cycled through all the diets. And with every failure, the next diet would need to be more complex in hope to finally find the problem and fix it. Because with more failure comes more belief that something is problematic with us. So it has to be more complicated next time, right? Been there? (laughs) In her last attempt, in her last cycle of dieting, she had done a series of Whole30 combined with intermittent fasting that led her straight into binging, and she found intuitive eating. So she read the book, worked through the principles of intuitive eating on her own in order to quit dieting and become an intuitive eater. By the time we met, 
She had been trying intuitive eating for close than four months. And in her words, it didn't work. So she went on back to dieting. And then we met and we started working on the going to beyond the food method as we do with every client. And we started to go into the world of mindset first. And we use self-coaching as a way to help tame that mean girl voice that all of us have in our head in order to neutralize food and body image. And then so we went into, after the mindset, we went into the first phase of intuitive eating. And the first principle of intuitive eating is about letting go of diet mindset, which includes the labeling of food as good or bad. Now we're going to take a pause here. I want us to remember that this client had attempted to transition herself into intuitive eating without any help. And in her own word, it didn't work. So she had to go back to dieting. In our journey together, we were about to uncover why intuitive eating, quote, didn't work. On a coaching call, she kept asking me questions about outlining the healthy and unhealthy food or good and bad food. I don't remember exactly the label she was using, but she wanted me to like outline what was really out of consideration as far as eating that what was really bad that was obvious to everyone. And I didn't want to do that. I kept telling her that there wasn't any. And she would reply vividly questioning my stance. And with every interaction, the vigor behind her questioning on my teaching just increased. I kept reassuring her that her body was able to guide her to make the best decision for her, but that didn't resonate with her. She wanted me to draw a line in the sand and I wouldn't do that because that's not intuitive eating. And to make the matter worse, in her point of view, I kept sending her back to herself instead of giving her the answer as a coach. So the next day, she reached out to me and informed me that she had concern with my program and my coaching ability. I'm like, okay, cool, right? I knew that it wasn't about me. It was something within her, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. We're going to pause this story here and come back in a bit. I'm a feminist, and I believe that we as women, just like men, have this innate wisdom inside of us that is our source of power. As a woman, part of the reason we get into diet culture is that we have been socialized to doubt our own wisdom and power, so we go on seeking this power outside of ourselves. Part of empowering women as a feminist coach is to help women reconnect to their own power, to their innate source of wisdom, and to do so as a coach, it is my responsibility and duty to help redirect the client to their innate wisdom and source of power. For most women, what's in the way of being able to connect to this innate wisdom, therefore their power, is their thoughts and beliefs about themselves. These thoughts and beliefs that get in the way of us knowing what is right for us. These thoughts that gets in a way are a gift from diet culture. Over time and exposure to diet culture and its unrelentless pressure to be thin, 
we get this constant message that we are the problem because we can't maintain the thin ideal. And if we could only eat perfectly enough, it would then be worthy to be losing weight. Sisters, when you step back for a minute and see diet culture for what it is, it is perfectly normal that we seek someone else to tell us what to eat because there's so much hanging in the balance. Seriously. Like our self-worth is dependent of it. So it's no surprise that we go in full on defense attack when our self-worth is at risk. And surprise, surprise, diet culture has a solution for that, for the what to eat. It's called a diet. They program us and tell us what to eat, what food is good to eat, which food is bad to eat. Our ability to adhere to the diet helps override this brokenness that diet culture told us we had. So what do we do? We adhere to this list of food with our dear freaking life. Why? Because it makes us feel that we are doing the right thing and in hope that it's going to give us a little bit of a sense of self-worth. In this context, righteousness and worthiness have a strong relationship, a very strong relationship, actually. For many women... We have been falsely and maliciously led by diet culture and patriarchy to believe that our worth as women was dependent of our body size and our beauty. When a woman holds this belief, it's completely normal that they seek a way to make their body and beauty meet diet culture standards of worth, right? Diet culture standards of size and beauty, which will then give them worth. That's 100% normal. We've been effectively reprogrammed to believe that our worth is acquired externally and that our worth is earnable via achieving external standards. So what do we do? We go on a worth-seeking adventure. Our life, unknowingly to us, subconsciously, is about seeking our own worth. How do we seek externally our sense of worth? There's plenty (laughs) of options offered to us by society right now. You take your pick. Physical appearance, performance, academic performance when you're younger, and then performance in your career later, financial wealth, the perfect marriage, the perfect family, with the dog, the house, the kids, and for us as women, beauty and size of our body. Can you see the common thread here? Adherence to what is valued right by society gives us worth. And we need to be right. We have to get it right. We have to get it right because if we aren't, we are deemed less worthy and that hurts. That 
feeling of unworthiness brings up a lot of shame. And shame is one of the most potent emotion in the human emotional range. Shame motivates us or the avoidance of shame motivates us to try harder, harder and harder to get it right. So when we feel ashamed of ourselves because we can't meet body and beauty's expectation, we keep escalating the ladder of trying harder. In the context of food, the ladder of dietary complication in an effort, yes, to shrink our body. But while we wait for that body to shrink and that beauty to come, we also are feeling just a little bit worthier, if there's such a word, because we're trying to get it and to do it the right way, that complicated dietary protocol, we're trying so hard to get it right. And that gives us just a little bit of external self-worth. And we continue to try to just do it the right way more perfectly. Have you been there? Damn, I've been there so many times. (laughs) Just trying so hard to do it right and to do it perfectly. Because if we do, that's going to unlock our self-worth. Now, when we are in that pattern, we don't call it self-worth. We don't know what it is because we're in it. It's only when you hear a podcast like today, when you work with someone, when you're out of it, that you can see it. Because of the logic here, if we do more right, it's bound to work and relieve us from the feeling of shame that our body and beauty and our brokenness brings on to us, aka doing it right is the way to feel worthy. Now, I'm going to share my own story here, a part of my story, and it's very vulnerable because very rarely do we talk about this, but it is what's happening, and I know a lot of you will connect to this. In my last few years of dieting, when I thought I wasn't dieting, <laughs> you know, when we reached that peak, that it, it's not about dieting, it's about health, right? The, the whole back in the days was paleo keto, fasting, like we say to ourselves, we aren't chasing weight loss, but we're chasing health. You know, I secretly felt superior to other people because I was on a super complicated dietary lifestyle. If I wasn't able to get my word from my body and my beauty, I was sure in the hell I was going to get it from adhering to this super complicated dietary lifestyle and restrict so many food. And that was going to, and that was making me feeling superior to other people because I was so rigid with myself. By the way, that's called healthism. (laughs) There's a name for that that I just learned after (laughs) I was in it. I didn't think, I think that was the right way, right? My sense of worth was derived from my effort towards optimum health. That's healthism. Damn, right? If you didn't know that, I'm telling you, this is what it is. Now, when I look back, I can see that my attempt 
to do my food perfectly was an effort to make up for the not good enough feeling that diet culture led me to believe about myself. That happened to me. But that's also the story of many of my clients that they can see once they're out of it. And that same client we were talking about, that was her journey as well. That was the big line of her story. Although she wasn't able to be aware of it yet, the longer she was working with me, the more it became apparent that it was beyond the food. But she wasn't ready at that time to see that. That's why she was responding with so much vigor. She was defending what she believed was her worth. It was not about the food. It was about her self-worth. And that's key here. Her ability to adhere to better than other healthy eating, right? Being able to adhere to her was giving her a sense of worth. So she needed that line in the sand to maintain the little bit of worth, of sense of worth she felt for herself. Over time, her sense of worth, just like mine, got tangled, like completely untangled with her ability to do her diet the right way. We both were righteous eater. Let's take a breath here. Our desire to do our diet, program, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, the right way makes us righteous eater. And we do this not because we want to feel righteous, but because we're protecting the little bit of self-worth we have. Let's take a minute here to talk about how this tangling works. We're going to talk about our brain for a minute. Our brain creates thoughts based on our beliefs. These thoughts then gets communicated to the rest of our body via a wave of energy that travels through our central nervous system and then creates via nerve sensations in our body that we label as emotion. Emotions are sensations in our body. These emotions then produce a series of action and ultimately the result we have in life. Everything you have as a result in your life started by a thought. That's how our brain works. That's how human work. That's how life works. This is not something that is only in my world. That's the world of neuroscience. Now, how does this apply to our story about self-worth? Take all of us ladies here, sisters, who consciously or unconsciously hold the belief that we aren't good enough because of our body. We have thoughts like this one. I'm not good enough because blah, 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 right? This thought, I'm not good enough, like other thoughts, gets communicated to the rest of your body via your nervous system. It's felt as an emotion that many will call anxiety. Our body will react to anxiety with actions, 
depending on who you are and your patterns in life. It could be isolation. It could be overthinking about how you can get the thin body, ruminating on why you weren't able to sustain your diet, why you were binging, numbing the discomfort of these thoughts with food, avoidance, um, not willing to listen to other people's opinions so you can stay stuck, overthinking on your own opinion of yourself that you aren't good enough, ruminating, all kinds of action. For many of us, it's all of them at once, right? It's not just one, it's all of them. All of these actions give you a result. You feel unworthy. And then we encounter a new diet that not only promised us to make us thin, but while we wait for this thinness to magically appear, it is indirectly communicating to us that we will be morally superior by eating this way. Therefore, we will feel worthy while we wait to be thin. Bingo. It's like the light bulbs light up in your head and you found the answer you were looking for. So what do we do? We make it our mission to eat righteously. Because when we do, we get this short burst of worthiness. Let me repeat it into another way. We seek to eat righteously as a way to feel better about ourselves, to fill the void left by the belief that we aren't worthy. Bam. Rewind this if you have to. You need to understand that. We don't eat righteously because something is wrong with us because we're bad people. We do that as a mean to have just a little bit of worth. Why does eating righteously makes us feel better about ourselves? Simple. Let's go back to how the brain works. Because when we eat the right way, we have thoughts like this. You go, girl. You did it for another week. Perfect eating. Or this one. Look at how Judy eats. Only if she knew how bad this food is. Or better this one. Look at me, I'm able to resist these chips, these food that I had no control over before. I finally have willpower. End of quote. Have you been there? Damn, I have been there so many times. These thoughts that we have in secret in our mind is why we feel better about ourselves. These thoughts create these short bursts of energy that travels through our body that gives us the feeling of worthiness. Because that's all self-worth is. The thoughts, the opinion we have of ourselves is what makes up our self-worth. This is where it gets interesting. You can right now believe that you are worthy. Today, right now, unconditionally. It's available to you. Not sure? Follow me. I believe that I am worthy. In fact, I believe that I'm born worthy. That word is part of me. That word was written in my DNA. More than this, I believe that all human are worthy. All. That's you, my sister included. You are worthy. You were born worthy. Right now, unconditionally, you are worthy. You do not need to prove to me 
that you are worthy because I know you are. Just like any other human being, you and I are worthy. I choose to believe these thoughts every damn day. I am worthy. You are worthy. What does this belief and thought creates in me? The feeling of worthiness. What happens when we feel innately worthy? We stop chasing our worth in the food we eat, the body size we have, and our adherence to beauty standard. When I change my belief system and recognize my own innate worth, I stop hustling for my self-worth. Can I get a hell yes on this? Let's take a deep breath on this one. When we change our belief system and recognize our own innate word, we stop hustling for our self-worth. Now, as I say this, I can see some of you's brain right now piping up with thought like this one. Who the hell does she think she is? Or she thinks of herself so highly. What's wrong with her? Oh my God, she's a narcissist. Is that you? I get it if it's you, because I've been there too. Hearing these same words just a few years ago from other women believing in themselves and claiming their worth without hustling was freaking offensive to my ears because they didn't earn it. While I was trying so hard to be worthy, In a way, these thoughts in your brain right now that you're having, that I was having, are protecting you from changing your own belief system about yourself. Here's the truth. If you are having these thoughts right now, I can almost guarantee you that you do not feel worthy. Damn number two. (laughs) Because if you did feel worthy, you would have these thoughts. You go, girl, with this one. That's right, sister. All humans are worthy. And that's okay. If you're not having these thoughts right now, you're reacting to me and being offended by my words of believing to myself. I had these thoughts for 20 plus five years. Up to my late 30s, I was convinced that I was unworthy, that I needed to earn my worth, that I had to work very hard to have a chance of feeling worthy. And accordingly to these thoughts, all other human beings had to do the same thing. Because word was earnable. Word was not innate. You had to work hard at it. Why did I think this way? Simply because I still believe the thoughts that were taught to me at a very young age. The thoughts that you had to earn your word and you had to be thin to be worthy. At 40 years old, I was still operating from a hard drive filled with thoughts from when I was 15 years old, 12 years old, 8 years old, 10 years old. I never upgraded my operating system. I know I'm I'm, I'm like making this analogy between your brain and your thought, but that's what it is. I kept operating from this old, outdated operating system. So when someone came along and claimed their worth without having to work, I was like, hell no. What about all the hard work I have to do just to feel a little bit of worth? 
Can you see this? This is not only my experience, but the one of my client and the one found in research. In the field of eating disorder, it is clear that self-esteem or low self-esteem, low self-worth is a significant risk factor for developing an eating disorder. And body dissatisfaction is the strongest predictor of eating disorder symptom. So much so that right now, if you Google righteous eating and do it after this podcast, you will see the first few pages hits are all about an eating disorder called orthorexia. Even if you, we leave the field of eating disorder research behind and we go in basic psychology research, studies are showing that basing one self-worth on external factor is actually harmful to one's mental health. One study at the University of Michigan found that people base, people who base their self-worth on external sources reported more stress, anger, problems, and relationship conflict. They also had a higher level of alcohol and drug use, as well as symptom of eating disorder. That same study also found that people who base their self-worth on internal sources, thoughts, not only felt better, but they also receive higher grade, higher achievement, and were less likely to use alcohol and drugs and to develop eating disorder because their thoughts did not leave them to have coping mechanism action. Now back to my client's story. Remember, we were at a stage where we were learning principle one of intuitive eating, right? The concept of good and bad food. And she was determined to get me to admit that there was, in fact, certain food that were better than others. Remember, I told you that the vigor in her uh, and on the coaching call back to me was increasing with each interaction. Why is it that you think she was reacting like this? Can you see it now? She was self-righteous about her way of eating because that was like, defense 101. That's the little bit of sense of worth I have. I have to hang on to this. She wasn't doing this because she's a quote, bad person. She was doing this to survive. And the intuitive eating requirement of letting go of good and bad food was a threat to that sense of worth. Letting go of labeling of food meant part of her self-worth was being taken away. So she fought back, defending her sense of worth. This also explained why fat phobic people react so vividly to images of happy and fulfilled fat people. It's a direct attack on their own sense of word, which is based on the size of their body. One more illustration of that in the field of health professions, right? If you're a health professional, this is why so many professional colleagues of mine are offended that I keep doing the work that I'm doing as a nutritionist in a fat body, not restricting food, because they are working so hard at maintaining their worthy body and their worthy eating. So who the heck am I getting the status of a health professional, of a nutritionist without having to work hard as them? Hell no, right? That's why people react so vividly. 
So what happened to my client? Well, we learned from this incident. First, that righteous eating pattern was the reason she attempted intuitive eating on her own and, quote, it didn't work. On her own, she was able to negotiate the principle of intuitive eating that fits her need for self-worth. She didn't completely let go of good and bad food as a value system because it was too dangerous. Through coaching and time, she was able to see this and realize that she was really in need of working on her sense of innate self-worth, that this work was truly beyond the food. So we use a self-coaching mindset tool to rebuild her belief system around self-worth. She changed her whole internal hard drive and changed her thoughts, not only about neutralizing food, but also it helped her tremendously with body image. She let go of the need of being right with food and was able to reconnect with her power. Her power when it comes to food is her eating cue and her ability to make peace with all foods and food rules. Now that's what we do inside Conquer and Thrive, our membership program to unlearn diet culture. We help our clients find and connect to their innate worth. How do we do this? In the same way that we lost our connection to our innate worth, by changing our thoughts. The truth is we were all born worthy and you can see that in the little toddler running around, right? There's just a boost of confidence going around because they know they're worthy. We all born worthy. All of you had it just like did. But somewhere along the way, die culture came in and programmed our brain with thoughts and belief to the contrary. Unlearning diet culture is a reverse engineering process to how we lost this connection to our innate sense of worth. And the process, the methodology we use is self-coaching. So that's why we address mindset first when you come into Conquer and Thrive. Nothing about food or body. You get to learn the self-coaching methodology so you can upgrade your thinkings and change your belief to I am innately worthy. And that work in the first month sets us up for success when it comes to intuitive eating the month after and then the body image work. Learning to manage your mind makes intuitive eating and body image so much easier, like crazy. It's a life-changing experience from trying to just go into the world of intuitive eating and body image. So what happened on the other side of Conquer and Thrive? You get connected to your innate worth. You neutralize food. Food becomes what it should have been all along. Fuel for your body, substance for your health. You neutralize your body because hell yes, we as women aren't our body. Your body is a vehicle through which you experience life. And ultimately, like the big result at the end is liberation. You liberate yourself. You liberate yourself from the shackle of diet culture, from all that programming that was done to you subconsciously. So today, as you're listening to this, if you believe still that there is a right and a wrong way to eat, that you are a righteous eater, maybe, just maybe, under this belief, there's more. Maybe it's not about the food. Maybe it's beyond the food. I would love to work with you and help you change your belief about your sense of self-worth, your self-esteem, and coach you on this. 
Come in and join us in Conquer and Thrive. I love you, sister, and I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, you, if you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Thrive. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life-changing work and apply it into your own life. We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively, and master body confidence. That you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real-life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.